This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, because guess what? It is Friday, and it's not Crackerjack, no, and uh, I am Stamford Chidge, and I am joined, as ever, by the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Thank you. It's very lovely to be on the show with such terrific guests. And who may they be? Well, it's funny. You should say that, Chidge. I was about to introduce you. We have the superb historian and all-round very amusing person, um, who uh, we are we are missing her presence uh, with her blogs and on the show because she is so good and the fact I've said she will give you all a clue. It's Tony Glover. It's Tony <laughs> Glover himself. It is of course the 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 doyen of erudition. It is of course Ooh. Alex Churchill. I feel like I've been massively oversold now. I'm going to have to actually be entertaining. Hey. You've really got to keep up your game now. <laughs> no pressure whatsoever. And uh, we have one of our favourites who's, I mean, we should ex- oh, we introduce him and then I'll, I'll explain how the, the, the beyond the call of duty that he's doing tonight. Yes, I won't give the game away as to where he is and what he's up to. It is, of course, the football.london um, uh, spy that we have, the man who just reveals, in fact, the presser, um, Adam Newson, they said, and there it was clear, loud and clear. Another question asked by Adam Newson. I go, yes, yes, we know him. Friend of the fan cast. It is, of course, the excellent Adam Newson. Thank you very much, JK. Now, um, just to uh, alert the listeners to the above and beyond, the, you, you've just travelled on a train all the way up to Liverpool, uh, got into your hotel, and your first thought was to do a podcast with us, Adam. I mean, we are not worthy. Well, I mean, there's nothing else to do in this room, is there? So, lights of the travel lodge. Bizarrely, it looks as if it's some daytime because of the, the light structure there. Oh, yeah, that's, that's another time zone. Another time zone, you know, somewhere. 
Yes, Liverpool is in another time zone. Yeah. Do they still <laughs> yeah, wear donkey jackets up there? You don't even know what a donkey jacket is, I expect. No, exactly. There you go. One for the teenagers. Uh, right. Okay. This show is not for teenagers at all because we don't talk about things that teenagers like to talk about. But actually, I, we've probably got a few listeners. So any teenagers listening out there, I apologise. Uh, I don't mean explain it. Explain what a donkey jacket is then. Shall I? Well, it's, yeah, go Wasn't it? It's kind of a, 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 a jacket. It's like black, kind of very heavy wool, quite often with a bit of leather or plastic, more usually across yeah, the back yeah. of the shoulders. Yeah, it's about absolutely. the most unstylish uh, accoutrement one could ever wear. And it was beloved by uh, labourers in the 1950s, I think, wasn't it? No, 60s and 70s. 60s well. and 70s. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Google it. You'll find out there. Uh, right, we have a show to do tonight. It's a preview show, as always. But in part one, we're going to catch up on some uh, uh, some uh, Chelsea news uh, in the absence of anything interesting to talk about in the presser, although Adam uh, can definitely talk about his question. I didn't hear it, so it'll be nice to hear it fresh, if you see what I mean. Uh, but we are actually going to concentrate on uh, what's been happening with the transfers because there has been an awful lot happening with the transfers. So therefore, it is worth talking about. Um, and then in part two, obviously, we're going to preview uh, the Liverpool game, which kicks off at Sat on Saturday tomorrow at half past 12. But to get the ball rolling, um, goodness me, I'm actually really glad, uh, you know, we've got you on, Adam, because, um, you know, you're far more knowledgeable about this and possibly more interested in it than any of us. Uh, but I've kind of had, I just couldn't resist. Bowley goes large. Um, it, and it, we have, haven't we? I mean, look, I, mean I, I was on I was on Talk Sport last night. Uh, or this morning talking to Paul Ross and uh, we were all saying you can't put your phone down for a minute because if you do we've signed somebody else and it does feel like that but just as a, a rain check um, we've I've, I've done a graphic because I, I can't remember all this in my poor little old head Mudrick uh, for 70 million euros Badashil isn't it? Badashil Badashil uh, 38 million euros. Uh, Andre Santos, 12.5 million euros. Fafana D, uh, 12 million euros. We've got Felix on loan, of course. Um, the interesting thing, I mean, you know, Mudrick's is a left winger. Badiashil is a centre back. Santos is a central midfielder, attacking midfielder. Fafana is a centre forward. And Felix is a, an attacker, kind of a, a second striker. But they're all very young. That's the interesting thing. Mudrick, 22. Badia Shield, 21. Santos, 18. Fafana, 20. Um, so I'm kind of tempted to say, what's going on? But actually, I'm really going to ask, is the plan coming together, Adam? And more pertinently, uh, we have. I think there are some holes that are still yet to be filled. Uh, where's the right back we so desperately need? Where's the defensive midfielder we so desperately need? And I have to say, where's the out-and-out goal scorer we so desperately need? Not that I'm being churlish. I'm very grateful for what we've got. They still want to get a midfielder. Um, that is definitely something they're working on, whether it's a permanent signing, whether it's a loan signing. They're, they will definitely try and get one before the window closes. Um, right back is a position they've had an eye on all through the window. They don't want to just sign somebody for the sake of it. And also it's quite a difficult proposition to any potential right backs to say, come and join our club. You can play behind Rhys James. It's not the <laughs> easiest thing to pitch to people. Um, we have a God and we just want you to be his backup when he gets broken. <laughs> Which will probably next be next week. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't got a game next week, so hopefully not. You know what I mean. The week after the well, in training, <laughs> something will happen. So yes, they. 
the, if if an opportunity comes up at right back, I think they'll do it. Um, but it's not where they're focused on. Midfield is where they're focused on. Obviously, yes, they've got Mudrick, they've got Maduake now coming in as well, which hasn't been announced yet, but is basically all done. Um, and as you say, Chidge, you can see the plan, or at least parts of the plan, coming together now. Um, this was always the ambition of the ownership to, to really go after sort of under-23s, very high potential, get them all in now, probably send a couple or maybe more out on loan to continue their development, because there are some who are very raw. I think, you know, David Datro-Fafana is someone that they brought in with the idea of loaning out this month. Um, he's probably been pressed into service unexpectedly because of the injuries, but he may still leave on loan. Um and we are sort of in stage one of, of getting this process set up. Stage two is probably moving into the multi-club ownership, getting those clubs on board, bringing in more young players, placing them at the clubs that they think best serves their development. And obviously the end goal here is to, to get them all to Chelsea and to get them to Chelsea at a high level and make sure the team's competitive and you can supplement the team year in, year out without having to go and spend what are we up, 450, 500 million pounds every season? I mean, that that is unsustainable and it will stop. But um, they are building a very young core at the moment, which they are hoping to then build around for the next four or five years. I mean, it, it begs an obvious question to me, and, and that is, I mean, I think I understand why they're, they're buying young. I mean, they're buying potential. So, you know, they're also buying to sell on, I think, if, you know, it, it remains an option, doesn't it? Um, what... The fact that they are buying all of these young players begs the question to me, well, what about our youth and academy products? They'll still be part of it. Um, obviously, you've got Neil Bath, who's been moved up into a, a bigger role in terms of the structure. Um, and having that voice there, someone who works very closely with Jim Fraser, who's now head of, uh, head of the academy, you'll still have that voice feeding into the process. It's not like the academy will be completely uh, overlooked. You know, you look at Lewis Hall now, he's broken into the team, he's shown that he deserves his place, and he's getting minutes. Um, you know, Levi Colwell is another player who Chelsea want to integrate in the summer. Um, they'd like to tie him down to one of these seven, eight-year deals that they're handing out, ideally. Um, we'll see if they're able to do that. But I think it will be the same, to be honest, I think it will be the same as it's always been. If you are good enough, if you can go out and make your case, come back and then show that you are a Chelsea quality player in the first team, then you'll be handed your your spot. Because I don't think Graham Potter, for maybe his many perceived flaws um, or actual flaws, I don't think he's someone who simply picks a player by reputation. I think he does very much value the, the work that's done on the training pitch. And if you get your chance and you take it, then you'll stay in the team. Did he not, though, do you think early on, pick players out of form, Potter, who were just purely being picked on reputation, rather than, because they weren't in any good form at all, and yet we kept saying, seeing the same permutation. And I don't think it was down to injuries. I think there were still people that he could have, he could have moved people around. I just found the, uh, the, the, the before his injury, the constant picking of Sterling, it was absolutely out of form, absolutely bizarre, when they could have played um, Pulisic, or he could have given Zayek a go. I mean, I'm intrigued by the fact that Zayek and the two best players on the pitch the other day were Zayek and Jorginho. I mean, my theory was that my theory was that Jorginho was going, "Oops, I better make an effort, or I'm going to be." We said it was powered five percent by by uh, enthusiasm and ninety five percent by shame, didn't we? For the last yeah. Yeah. he turned in. That's exactly what we said. Yeah, yeah, we were watching. Yeah, but Zayek, Zayek was 
was nearer his Morocco form than I've ever seen him. And that possibly one of the better games he's ever had for Chelsea. Um, what, whether that was because he was allowed the freedom to do that, because um, he played a little bit deeper. Um, uh, but I, 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 I find it... I found it bizarre that suddenly with all the rumour of he must go because he's one of the worst players, he puts in a really decent shift. And I you know that just throws the kind of anomaly up about what on earth is happening with the squad, which to me similarly points the finger at Potter. Who, oh, I, I really, I mean, I have to say, I think these are unbelievably exciting times because of all of this. And I don't wish to, to, to pat myself on the head, but I did say before the World Cup they would buy at least five or six players or loan them. I said this because that was an inevitable consequence of the amount of money or the amount of the way that the that the the Clear Lake were assessing it. I felt that's what would happen. The dilemma is, is once again, we have to have this situation grasped by the manager that, um, uh, that and, and I think I'll go again, what I'm saying, I think, he, I think he has selected on reputation. And I think it may be a case that um, he now has to rethink that because he has all these other players possibly to play. But they're terribly green. I mean, this guy, the, 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 the guy Mudrick, hasn't played since October, has he? Because they haven't, they've been shut down because of the weather. So, so um, we'll probably see a very similar team to the one we saw before. As long as, I mean, we were very pleased on the show. Clearly, Potter listens to the show because we all decided that um, um, uh, Kovacic shouldn't play because he was dreadful against Fulham. But he looked exhausted. That's the other thing about, kept giving the ball away. Um, uh Chiju, the others who shouldn't play. Dave shouldn't play because he was, you know, his legs had gone. So, and we kept saying, why isn't he picking Chalabar at right back? Which I have to say is a complete mystery to me. Why on earth did he keep picking Dave? Is that because it's something to do with the changing room? I don't get it. I don't understand. Anyway, Chalabar, pretty decent, makes still makes the odd error, possibly not good enough for the for the uh, the the squad that he'd like to have ultimately, but still much better than Dave. And the other one, who was the other one, Chidge? Do you remember? Well, the, Cucurella the... and Koulibaly. Yeah, which you know. Um, yeah, after the, the awfulness of that. And so, and he plays Hall. And Hall, bless his cotton socks, is doing really well considering he's a midfielder. And I've got to take my hat off to him because I think, you know... And, and 19, he, mate. And I, yeah, I, I love it. He's prone to the very raw, as we've said. But you think, yeah, this is this is much more like it. Beats players, looks up for passes, looks really the ultimately the real deal. So why wasn't he doing that much earlier? So, you know, once again, my... my um, Annoyance with Potter is always very much to the fore because I, I, he, for an elite coach, which is what he's supposed to be, we know that he's completely shit in the press conferences, despite your excellent question. But the, and you know, all I'd have to do is just quote the number of, of occasions that he just repeats the same sodding sentence, which is just so ludicrous. We need to be positive. We need to be positive going forward. You know, unique. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butt in in your rant here because yeah, with, yeah. For, the, for fear of repeating ourselves on every show, Our souls, I've, all, right? I've, all, I've already pointed out that I yeah. don't think it's necessarily a good barometer what a manager says in a press conference because they're no, media no, no. trained to an inch of their lives and never tell lovely people like Adam anything that they want to know. No, well, possibly, yeah, but all right. But I still think it's being reflected. His his inept performances, his lacking in personality performances at the press conference are still being dupli- replicated with his on-field decisions. I'm sorry. I, that's what I, you know, and it's no good coming here. one one nil against Palace. For fuck's sake, it's against Palace. They were shit. You know, I mean, come on. It was backs against the wall for the last Yeah, I know. Minutes. We did that on Monday, JK. I know, but I'm allowed to say it again, aren't I? Because well, only we if have... you want to bore, bore everybody. We we... Oh, thanks very much, Chidge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. 
It's no, not working. It's not working yeah, for me. No, but listen, listen. I agree. No, I agree with. I agree. Point. I agree with one thing that you say. I think the the, the one thing. Yeah. Only one. Well, thing. one thing in general because it's all kind of come out as one. But the point is, is that oh, I agree. Shush. You. Shush. I'm agreeing with you. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I think the accusations. You know, in some respects, can be quite fairly leveled about the on-pitch stuff. I, I mean, I still think, and we, you know, you and I have both said this for many, many years. Whilst we want to have a bash at certain things all the time, the truth is we don't know what goes on on the training pitch because we're not there. So I don't think we can categorically say, "Well, he must be boring on the on the training pitch as well," because we don't know. What I can say is that I do think I, I feel it's astonishing that, like so many bloody managers hitherto. He will pick, you know, on reputation, which is which is nuts. And that actually, I'm glad he, as you said also on Monday, without, you know, doing the same that I was accusing you of. I mean, I'm glad that he picked those those players that he picked on on Sunday because it, it made a difference as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Gallagher being the obvious example. We've been saying for weeks, yeah. pick Gallagher, and he he yeah. was the man of the match, wasn't he? Yeah. Anyway. Going back to the old transferish issues and stuff going on, we have spent a lot of money, Adam. All the Arsenal fans are frothing at the mouth about FFP. It's not an issue, as far as I understand, for two reasons. One is that they're amortising all of these contracts. That's what the length of the contracts are all about. That's why he's doing eight-year contracts and things like that. And the other thing is, of course, it is going to depend on who he gets rid of as well, doesn't it? Because that's the other side of the balance sheet. Nobody's gone out yet. Will anybody go out? I think yes, but I'm not sure that these are going to be deals that are done on Chelsea's terms because why why would a club come to Chelsea with a, a proposition when it's essentially that the club need to move people out at this point? Um, it's kind of an intriguing subplot going into February is that Chelsea have completed four, four first-team signings now and they can only register three of them in the Champions League. So someone's going to be left out immediately who they brought in. Another one will be as well if they bring in a midfielder as they hope. So that's not going to be easy. Hang on a minute um, though, can't they all go on the B list? Because they're no. under under twenty. They have to be under twenty two, don't they? No, you can only register three new players in the squad. Right, so it doesn't matter that that whole being under twenty two doesn't make any difference, right? So no, not for the Champions League. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see who they have to tell. Thanks for joining us, but you're not playing in the Champions League for us mm. this season. Um, yeah, in terms of FFP, uh, Swiss Ramble did a far better job of explaining all this than I can. Um, yeah, they're on, brilliant. On, yeah, go go and search it out. Um, but the gist is, yes, the the, the contracts will help. Um, players' sales will help if they come in, but the Champions League is still really important. Not sure Chelsea are going to make it this year. Um, and then they may have to work around that um, going forward. But we know from interviews and uh, uh, and conferences that have been done by the ownership, they have you know huge ambitions to grow the revenue of the club. They feel there's a lot of untapped potential in, in different areas. Um, so as long as they can make great strides in that front, as long as they'll rein in the spending, which I honestly do believe they will, they're not going to they're not going to do this every season. Um, of course, they're not. Um, then and yes, over a three-year period, hopefully Chelsea will be okay, and they won't get punished in any way by UEFA or the Premier League. This was interesting that this was something that the NFL um, put a cap on this amortization of players over eight years because, and it's something that UEFA has clearly been naive about because um, the new owners have gone, oh, we can do the thing that is considered illegal 
in America. And uh, so there probably will become a moment where they'll say, no, you can't, you can't do this. In order Perhaps. To but, oh, but, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea are taking a bit of a risk because nobody's done this before. So nobody really knows how it works out in five years time. Of course, if, as you say, if it becomes the norm and everybody starts doing it, then yes, I'm sure UEFA has a look and goes, actually, no, that's against the spirit of, of what this was brought in for. But at the moment, Chelsea may have found a loophole. It may work for them long term. It may be in five years' time. We're all sitting around going, oh, God, we've got X, Y, and Z, and Chelsea's still got four years left on their contracts and they can't move them on. So it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. We will see. We will see. We will see. Um, Alex, uh, Jonathan... Uh, who is we're we're now finding out actually you know um, probably far too late is is actually a genius when it comes to football because he's like Mystic Meg at the moment this season but he was saying uh, you see this is why I'm like JK you're smiling I I, I take it away and I give it back that's how it you had to do that because you were so horrid to me no well whatever anyway the bottom line is you were right perhaps with this is what I want to ask Alex that um, you were saying uh, that we have to get in the Champions League this year the new ownership will demand it, etc., 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 which is nothing new there for Chelsea. Um, I wonder, Alex, if all of these signings are also saying to us that actually they're putting their hand in their pocket because they see this as a way to get into the Champions League this season. I don't think I heard that he'd been told that top four would be nice, but he wasn't under any pressure. Well, I'm, not, to... I'm not saying this is this is all about... Potter's future. I'm saying, yeah. as a club, they want to get into the Champions League this season. Yeah, yeah. I don't. To be fair, like at this point, I couldn't even tell you who we've bought. I've lost track. I said so. They asked me about this on Five Live, and I said it was like watching a man run around a shop at ten to five on Christmas Eve, trying to do all of his Christmas drunk. shopping. Yeah, drunk after a work do. Like shit, I love that. I've and done that. that. I've done that. I'll, I'll, got, I'll take yeah. that as well. Like and throw the lot at her tomorrow. I went and hope she'll like something. I went around Selfridges at eleven o'clock on, on. I think it was the day before Christmas Eve. After a work do, absolutely shit face. I bought the worst yeah. presents I've ever bought. That feels like our transfer policy yeah. right yeah. now, and it'll either be genius completely by accident. Or it will be an utter car crash. It might be. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think, Adam? Do you think there's 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 a little bit of that going on? That I mean, because clearly it's it is disadvantageous for a an ownership who have spent a lot of money on buying the club, who have huge ambitions to generate apparently one billion pounds a year in revenue, um, which is about 400 million more than the clubs who earn the biggest revenues in the world. So it's pretty ambitious. It ain't going to look too clever on the balance sheet if they're not getting the money from the Champions League next season. No, it's not. As I say, it's going to be a problem they have to probably work around if if it does play out. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I found this window somewhat interesting, and I think I may have said it on, on the previous uh, on a previous show, I think there is an element of them front-loading a lot of these signings and realising that come the summer, they might not be able to offer Champions League football. So let's get these guys in now while we can, which you can argue is a smart move. And and maybe we are seeing transfer business accelerated maybe four, five, six months further up the timeline than was maybe planned. Um, But as we said earlier, I mean... I'm so intrigued to see how they, they move players on because we know that they need to. We know that they want to get a younger squad in place. We know they want to rebalance the wage structure at the club. 
going forward. They want to have a first-team squad that's on similar-ish salaries, um, but which is heavily incentivized uh, in terms of winning trophies and, and, and delivering success. And look, if Chelsea win Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues and the, the players get played more, the club gets paid more and everybody, you know, supporters are happy. So everybody wins. Um, but going into this summer, there's there's a lot of big players there who I'm not sure where their situations will stand because you've got Raheem Sterling. Going back to your point, Jonathan, Raheem Sterling was brought in by Tuchel as the marquee player of the summer transfer window. He was very much a Tuchel pick. Chelsea went and got him, gave him 300 grand a week. Now, they want to completely change the policy of that. They want to rein back from big, giving those big contracts. But that's only what would be a year after Sterling's arrival. So what do you do on that front? Same for Koulibaly. I do, and this is you know more speculation on my part than any concrete evidence. Chelsea went halfway down the path with Tuchel in the summer, gave him some of the pieces he wanted, and then realised, actually, no, we don't want to go down this path. And it has put them in this weird position now where they've got half of a head coach's plan that they didn't stick with. Now they're implementing their plan, but they've still got part of Tuchel's plan. And even going further back, you've still got some elements of Frank Lampard's squad. You've obviously got Sarri's squad in there as well. And this is all the work that needs to be done to recalibrate it, to bring it into line with with what they want and probably a squad that Graham Potter feels he can manage better. That doesn't sound like us. Just total fuckery with no plan. I know. Chaos without the trophies, as I said <clears throat> the other day um okay um i didn't see it I, I'll, I'll i'll i did read i did read it's probably your piece actually wasn't it on the presser yeah i read it to see if anything interesting came out of it uh what i didn't <laughs> what i didn't what i didn't know uh of course was that you asked a question so pretend that i'm potter actually no better than that pretend that jonathan's potter because he does a very good he's been coaching him apparently from what i understand um <laughs> so you know he should know better than potter so he might give a different answer or he might give the same one as potter we just don't know but ask your question to uh, the new graham potter uh my question was basically after liverpool you've got the best part of two weeks to work with your squad which is something that you've not had since you've taken charge how important is it going to be for you to get your ideas across to the players and to help the new ones settle in? Well, you know, um, uh, going going forward, you know, I just think that uh, we've got to be more positive in our approach, and uh, and I think that uh, that uh, we need to. Is that the Mars uh, bar? And uh, well, he keeps he keeps lifting himself up, and then then he stoops forward, and he then gets very scrunched up by the mic, and he says, you know, so, and then he comes up, and he tries to be bigger, and he comes in, comes down again, you know, speaks like that, and he says, uh, what do you say, um, um, I've got a worked on it, I can't remember his bloody words, flipping blinking egg, he said, you know, and you go what blinking egg, and he the image he used was, uh, well, you know, when you're in the when you're in the washing machine, no, not washing machine of the World Cup. And uh, he re- reiterates the same, the same excuses for finding it difficult. And he meant he didn't mean washing machine. He must have meant perfect storm. For goodness' sake, tumble dryer, tumble dryer, or even the tumble dryer. Yeah, the tumble dryer. There was supposed to be an image, but washing machine of of the World Cup and having players away and injuries. What what is that about? You know, but I don't know. so you know. But yes. Um, uh, I, well, I thought Graham Potter's wronged you at some point, JK. I know. It's, it's personal, isn't it, Adam? It's definitely personal. He didn't answer your question at all. Cussed his mum. He doesn't answer <laughs> questions. He doesn't answer the questions, as you said, Chidge. 
excellent media training, yeah. looking as if he is, you know, and giving everybody terrific eye contact. He peers at everybody as if they're terribly interesting. And you think, well, you, what, is your eyesight wrong? There was actually a period at the very beginning of it where he coughed madly and I actually had an edit. It was too long. We had to cut it out where, where I put... Oh God, if you had a fag before you came in, I said that was a was the very first thing I said when he started because he went, <laughs> you think, oh God, bloody hell, this is so awful. And then he then he poured himself that loud drink next to the microphone. So it went, oh, what is going on with this bloke? It's so inept. Everything is inept. Why doesn't somebody tell him? I can't believe it. I gave him a couple of positives. I said, good. I said, it's good. You talk enthusiastically about Mudrick. People people keep calling Mudrick Modric now, as if somehow he's 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 become the ex-Spurs player, the Real Madrid player, Modric. Yes. But, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, anyway. We could do worse. Um, I can't wait till JK meets Potter. That would be, a, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Um, Adam, what did he really say? Uh, what's my question? Yeah. Um, not a huge amount. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hell he said it would be important. Um, he spoke about it more in the embargo section, which All was right. probably the best. Um, but I did think there was one somewhat interesting, somewhat um, pertinent thing that to just remind people in general, including you know myself and fans and stuff, when he was asked about Mark Kukurea. Yeah, um, he was brilliant on that, actually, I thought. Because he mentioned, yeah, he mentioned, you know, that he's got things going on family-wise. There have been some things that have been difficult for him. And sometimes people just see the guy on the pitch and they de deliver their verdict, but there are all sorts of things going on in a player's life, which we're all probably guilty of forgetting sometimes that these these are human beings and um, they have personal lives and personal issues which can affect their work. And I thought it was good that he highlighted that because Kukurea has got a lot of stick. And it's it's absolutely true. You know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying is that, that there's so much that we think we know, but we don't know about all of these people, what goes on behind the scenes. And we can't know because we're not there. But I think that's a really good one. And I, I mean, you know, I'm all, I'm all in favour of that, um, that we, you know, forget that there are human beings behind all of this and I mean I know that he was ill but I didn't know that and uh you know and I mean fair play to Potter for for being open mm -hmm. on that I thought I thought you know I mean as, as I said I didn't see the presser so I relied on your report and I, I that that was the one thing that really struck me about it actually I thought that was very good look you know whatever one thinks of him as a football manager and you know and I still think that um we need a bit of time before we make a decision on that I think he's a thoroughly decent man, you know, and I, 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 you know, I would rather um, he's, you know, I, I'm a big, big, big fan of authenticity. And if he's rather dull and a bit boring, I don't mind that. I would rather he just stayed being that than suddenly try and be something that he isn't, because that would be inauthentic and would be I would I would be as offended by that as JK, I think, is by his 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 <laughs> ineptness and boringness or whatever it was he, he called him. So. You know, he's clearly a decent man, and I think that that that's unusual in this day and age. I would say you speak to people around the training ground, and they all talk about the almost very sort of relaxed atmosphere that there is. Whereas under previous head coaches, it can have, have you know become very tetchy, very highly strung. Um, probably don't need to really mention the names, but there is this Conte, Mourinho, Tuchel. <laughs> 
<laughs> there is a feeling that Potter and his staff are creating a very uh, welcoming environment and, and somewhere that people want to come into and feel, and, and probably really importantly for this day and age as well, feel that they can express themselves, that if there's an issue that they can go and talk to them about it. Um, Potter's very big on communication. If you're out of the team, you'll get told why. You'll get, yeah. there's, there's, it's a very open culture, which probably for this era is something that's going to work better than maybe 20 years ago under Jose Mourinho. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because I went off on a, on a JK-esque rant a few shows ago saying what I would say to them if they pissed me off. And, and I basically channeled my inner inner, inner chidge from 30 years ago as, as a manager where, where, of course, shouting at people was positively encouraged, really, I would say. Uh, but you can't do that anymore. And, 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 and I think I was reminded of that by, by someone. I can't remember who was on the show at the time, but they did point out. I mean, it might have even been you, Adam. I don't even remember, but point out you can't can't really do that anymore chidge it's like not done oh okay yeah so yeah i think maybe you've got a point and particularly you know when we're thinking about a lot of young players as well who i mean you know the younger generation just won't have that kind of attitude anymore it just doesn't work on them um and of course he is assembling a very young squad and just a kind of a tangent on that adam you know i've 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 felt and i mean i think this is part of jk's irritation too perhaps but you know one of my one of the one of the kind of fallouts from from you know picking all of these senior players is that they of course are the least likely to buy into anything that he wants you know he, he he's not going to persuade them and i think i made this point about arteta i think i made this point in a cfc uk piece actually that arteta booted out the senior players who weren't going to buy into what he wanted to do at arsenal and surrounded himself with younger players who would be eager to hear it and i think maybe that's what we're seeing at chelsea maybe that's what potter's going to end up doing and that may, of course, work, you know, because, uh, you know, they, if they buy into his project, they're going to play for him, you know, whereas the senior players yeah. might go, nah, it can't be asked. JK. I just think some of the, the, the fan base won't be as, um, uh, as almost altruistic as you are. They won't be as understanding as you are, because I felt that with, without this knowledge about Cucurella, he became a, a, a big um, focus of hatred at the Fulham game. And uh, in a very big way towards it, it actually became... They were uh, singing, you're not fit to wear the shirt, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, uh, they're not going to be making an assessment. They just want to see uh, of him, as a, of his mental health. They're going to be wanting somebody to supply on the pitch because that's unfortunately what the, the, the state of play is. Well, you get paid to do, JK, isn't it? You know, yeah. So um, I, I, I think in the same way as the... Uh, I agree completely. I'm I'm beginning to become softened to the whole approach because hearing all the things about Potter, um, but it has to it has to make progress on the pitch. Mm, it yep. does, and I think I think that progress. I mean, we asked Cundy that, didn't we, uh, last uh, Saturday? J.K. What what would improvement mean? And I, I mean, I think the problem we've had, Alex, over the last kind of few weeks until the Palace game, where at least we bloody won a match, but we were seeing very little improvement at all and felt it was going the other way. And, of course, that's that's really frustrating for any supporter. That's the last thing you want to see. But, hey, you know, we won last week. Um, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. But, hey, what do you think? I, hilariously, I said to JK, because I sat with him at the weekend, that I had not been that nervous watching a game close out since Munich. And it was fucking Palace at home. <laughs> <laughs> lowering our expectations uh i i don't know i think there are signs that he's not a complete idiot um look at the city game 
it worked. Yeah. Um, he has had an incredible run of bad luck. Um, I I turn my phone off now on match day because I'm scared I'll get called and asked to play. That's how desperate we are mm. for players. Um, it's literally I, I, the only thing we haven't had now is a plague of locusts. Yeah. Um, it can go wrong. It has gone wrong. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for a bit longer. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adam, are you uh, are you going to stay for part two? There's, there's nothing else to do in Liverpool. No, there's not, mate. So yes, I'll stick around. Well, there we go. Liverpool <laughs> Liverpool nightclubs loss is our gain. I think. Uh, in that case, we will be back in part for part two in a second or two. Chidge, J.K. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, J.K., I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> but where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Well, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. And I'm, of course, Stafford Chin, joined as ever by the absolutely lovely, gorgeous, never rants at all about anything, especially oh, Graham <laughs> Potter, Jonathan Kidd. Hello, great to be on the show with such fantastic guests. I, I did like your, uh, your Solihull accent, by the way. I thought it was very good. It was good. It was. Thank you. It's not bad. No, it was um, good. You've been practicing? No. No. <laughs> I had this vision of you practicing in front of a mirror for about an hour, like trying to get it I'm, right. I'm sorry that it, I don't have the time for that. No. I, do I spoke to your mate, Paul Ross, last night. Oh, did you? I did. did. You say 
Did you give him my love? I didn't have a chance to. He was hyped up. I think he'd been on the, the Pro Plus or something because he was... He liked my dad's book, which yeah. was sweet. He's lovely. Book of the Week, book of the week it was yeah, on his book. Okay, no, I like Paul Ross. Anyway, we digress. We've also got the absolutely fantabulous, lovely, one of my favourite people in the universe, Ms. Alexandra Churchill. Hello. Always lovely to see you. And uh, we are we are we are deigned with the presence of uh, his almightiness, Adam Newson. I always said Adam Dot Newson from Football London. Then maybe you should rename <laughs> yourself Adam Dot Newson from from Football Dot London. Adam, always lovely to see you, especially on a, on a night when you're you're in prep for the game tomorrow. But good to see you. Thank you very much. Lovely. Uh, now we are going to preview the, uh, the the Liverpool Chelsea match, but before we do that, uh, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, who tonight is Alex Churchill. I was going to talk. I promised this. I was plugging it on the last two shows. Alex's fantastic battlefield tours. I know this for a fact because I've been on one, and it was the dog's bollocks. Uh, but I did say, look, you know, rather hearing me reading out a bloody message, we could hear from the person whose idea who it was and who organises them, Alex. Yes. Do you like football? Presumably you do, because you're listening to this nonsense. Uh, do you like military history? Do you like Chelsea? Uh, then come get drunk with us. Uh, basically, what we promise you is three or four days on the Western Front, learning all about the First World War from through the eyes of Chelsea Football Club. So we'll do all different battles, talking about fans and players uh, from Chelsea. We'll do the highlights as well, like Tynecourt and the Teatvale Memorial. So it works brilliantly if you've never been to the battlefields before and quite fancy it. Or if you have and you want to focus on something niche like your football club, it works as well. Uh, we can also factor in family visits. We did that last time, didn't we? We surprised Lisa by taking her to her great uncle because uh, she did that fantastic thing that people do where they don't mention anything till you get to the Western Front. And then they go, I think my uncle's buried around here somewhere. <laughs> Uh, and all the guys have to get on their phones and work their magic to find the uncle. Uh, but we did, didn't we? And we also went to see your great granddad as well to see where he died at Cambrai. So we can factor in personal stuff if it's your first visit or if you've got something in particular you want to see. And then we have great socials in the evening. Uh, we have some great people signed up as well. Not only do you get me and Andrew Holmes, who wrote the book, you get Johnny Dyer, who helped with the book, but in the seven years since we wrote it, God, uh, has accelerated on and now has his own masters in the First World War. So you get three guides instead of the normal two. And Chelsea Graves are coming on this one as well. So Nathan Whitehouse will be there. So it promises to be four days of Belgian chocolate, Belgian alcohol, Chelsea and football history nerdery. Um, and I have just put it all over social media uh, and hopefully you guys will retweet. Uh, and it is on the historiatravel.org website as well. Uh, so, yeah, have a look and come join us. It's from the 2nd to the 5th of June. The so, nice pick of you as well, actually, Alex. She looks rather lovely, doesn't she? she is, does. it the one, is that the one of me with the camera? No, no, no. no. The yeah, the camera one was, uh, I didn't know that was being taken. Yeah. They, I mean, I've said it a few times when we've been helping Alex out with this, but, you know, me, me and Tony and some other reprobates, uh, I, I mean, actually, I mean, we knew, I knew most of the people on there, but not everybody. So it's nice to meet some new Chelsea people. Um, but uh, Tony and I just had a riot because we are very nerdy with our history. That was the personal experience that I had at Cambrai, but obviously the highlight was the drinking. Well, the highlight as well was one, uh, one of the group convincing Tony that they employed rabbits on the Western Front 
triple function rabbits, I think was the phrase used, who helped dig the trenches, then you ate them, then you wore their skins to keep warm. And we actually managed to go as far as having Tony Glover on his hands and knees digging like, like a, rabbit, a rabbit. Like a rabbit, yeah. I know. And it, Before and it, he realised we were mocking him. Yeah, and he was actually sober at the time, which is a remarkable thing. He was thing. absolutely... Well, that was the night after Arras, so how long he'd been I sober. don't think Arras was the heaviest night. I think that night on your... on uh, It was Holmes's, Holmes's birth- birthday. Yeah, that was when, in Eep. Yeah, where we ran into some... Some plastic Scouse battlefield guide. I don't remember. I mean, I, I lost. Like I, I lost an hour in a pub where I, I just had a, an out of body experience. I had experience. A video of that hour because it involved. It starts with you holding a nine percent beer. No, no, that was before. Going, Dif- different pub. Oh, okay. Different pub. You're going. I shit on your nine percent, and yeah. then down it. No, I think you ended up in the fish market. We did. Now. Propping each other up. As anyway, soon as Tommy Dyer starts doing his Kate Bush impression, everyone is doomed. Okay, I don't think we saw that, thankfully. But uh, no, Johnny Dyer, of course, used to to uh, present the uh, the uh, podding shed, of course, with Tony. So, uh, so yeah, they're very chelsea. Anyway, we could Alex and I could talk about this for the entire rest of the show, but I think Jonathan and and and, uh, and Adam would be asleep because you know. May I say on. something a bit more sober before yeah, we yeah, move yeah. on? Yeah. Uh, a big shout out to Chelsea Chicago this week who lost one of their lovely members, Arturo, who died very young and very unexpectedly. Um, and it's very sad. So hugs. Yeah. I did. I did see that fleetingly and I'm sorry. I didn't, I haven't texted Brian yet to say how sorry I was to see that, but it was a horrible loss for them. And my, my heart, very, my heart goes out to them. Tragic. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sorry to hear that Chelsea Chicago. Your thoughts are with us all obviously right alex thank you for that um do sign up to it historia was it historia travel.co.uk .org .org uh, but there's links all over my twitter uh facebook and i've tagged you lots all right you could share. we will retweet it when i put the show out but do go along you won't regret it they're fantastic and she does all sorts of other tours to all sorts of uh, other places in the world where Ooh, come where... to sicily with us chidge it's like the godfather Ooh. slash world too oh yeah I like that. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Anyway, right. Okay, time to preview Liverpool versus Chelsea. And in time-honoured tradition, I could see their little faces. They're so excited because they know what's coming next. Yeah, that's right. My team selection. This is why we don't do it on YouTube because you would have seen that I was lying totally. (laughs) They look about as interested as a disinterested chuff. Anyway, um, the team, my team is unsurprisingly very like uh last week in fact it is almost exactly like last week with one exception and i'll get to that in a minute anyway kepper in goal i like the back four i think potter wants to play a back four he'd be very sensible to play a back four in the absence of any fucking wing backs so play a back four graham it works and even if it doesn't work you gotta persist with it because i think that's where you want to go so Chaloba, right back, Silva, and Badiashil as the (laughs) centre backs. And uh, the lovely Lewis Hall, who for this week, for the first time ever, I've not called Gareth. So I should rephrase. I haven't called him a Gareth, as in Gareth Hall, for those who are confused. Call him Albert. Call him Albert. Albert, yeah. Anyway, so there we go. Hall, Badiashil, Silva, Chaloba, Kepper, and Golpsy. I don't like Gallagher playing deep. But what I do like is his energy. And he's still got forward, actually. And he runs around like buggery. And I'll explain why this will be important in a minute. But I've got him next to Kovacic. So Kovacic and Gallagher are in a two in front of the back four. Uh, 
So no Jorginho. Not because I don't think... I think Jorginho was really good last week. I agree with what JK said. He played much better. But, um, I, you know, Liverpool will press us, I think. But I'd rather have Kovacic and Gallagher. More energy, more speed. Uh, Chuck, uh, Carney Chuck uh, and Mount and Zerich either side of him in the three uh, behind Havertz as the kind of number nine. Why Havertz? Well, it's interesting because Havertz apparently didn't train... So I thought there was a doubt with him. Uh, then apparently he's going to Bayern Munich. So who knows what's going on? But, I mean, I can't in all good conscience play Aubameyang there. I just can't. And I just think you can't play Fafana, you know, on his own uh, uh, Anfield on effectively his debut. I can't see that happening. And anyway, haven't scored a goal last week, so why not? Uh, he's on a bit of a run. I put him in if he, if he is in fact fit. Uh, but Adam might reveal about that in a minute. But uh, that's what I'd go with, J.K. It's, um, what do you mean he's gone going to Bayern Munich? Well, we'll, we'll find. We'll talk to Adam about that in a minute. But tell me what you think of the team first. Um, uh, well, the back four makes sense, but you know, I, one can't predict. You know, he he made he made good noises about Badia Shield, but he made a bizarre statement by saying he heads the ball out, and you think, well, he's not going to head the ball back in, is he? Um, but, um, uh, you know, when he said he was young, this is in the presser. So, young, um, young. I, I, young indeed, you know, yeah, young. I think he'll, um, I think he'll play Koulibaly, um, because he was talking in the press conference about Koulibaly just having days off rather than saying he was dropped. He said he just had a lot of work. I think he'll play Koulibaly as a consequence. Um, I think he'll play Jorginho instead of Kovacic because I think Kovacic won't have recovered. I really think he's absolutely... Uh, uh, at the end of his tether, Kovacic, because he was leaning on his knees all the way through the Fulham game and just gave the ball away all the time. I, I think he played Jorginho again. Jorginho, well, d- despite our qualms about him, was very yeah, good. No, he could do it. Very, job. very good. I think, yeah. Um, um, uh, alternatively, he might play Kovacic and Jorginho and not play, play Chuck Wameka. Uh, I don't know what his feeling about Chuck Wameka is, but yeah, you know. Um, uh, Zayek has to play because he was terrific. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that. And there's um, nobody else, mate. Indeed, there's nobody. Well, yeah, indeed, they're all injured. Absolutely. So there isn't. So this is an opportunity for him. But, he, you know, if he plays as well as that, some of those centres were just wasted. He really is a terrific crosser of the ball. It's always been the case. We knew that. And he just, they've got to be clued in to the fact that he is. What I find so bizarre, you think, we've got a terrific crosser. Let's anticipate that there might be a cross coming in that you don't think will appear at the far post. Let's think about it. Come on, just don't just stand there watching it go out for a goal kick. You know, get in there. Um, uh, yeah, Mace played a lot better and he buzzes around. He's still not the, the the final ticket at the moment, Mace. But yeah, I'll I'll. He's not as good as he was in the Champions League period, but so many of them aren't. Um, but yeah, I I'd still pick Mason. And um, is Abamyang injured? Otherwise, I'd play Abamyang if Havertz is in, is on his way out. I don't know, but I, I'm, I, you know, I don't think about, I think Aubameyang played a bit better, actually. I think he made more effort. I just think he needs, it's almost as if he needs better service. I think he'd do quite well with Zayek playing. So I, I'd give him a go if Havertz isn't the man. Otherwise, I'd play Havertz. But yeah, um, so I'm almost there with your side, but not in Gallica. Um, despite some couple of terrible errors giving the ball away, um, is is so by far the most energetic and involved player of any of them. It's absolutely absurd not to pick him. Yeah, definitely. And and the reason why um, I'll just qualify before talking to Alex and, and Adam, but 
Liverpool's midfield, and it's something I'm going to talk about in a minute, but midfi- Liverpool's midfield is the, their problem at the moment. They're shot. Henderson and Fabinho are shot. So if you've got, I mean, basically teams have been just steamrolling them, going right through them, past them, through them, whatever. That's why Brian and Ni- Brighton annihilated them by doing that. And he had to take them off. They were so poor. So we, you know, what we need is we need energy in the midfield to do the same thing. And you're not going to get that from Jorginho. That's why I was dropping well, him effectively. I don't think you're going to get that from Kovacic either, I'm afraid. Chief. Yeah, but you will from Gallagher and Kovacic. Well, Kovacic has to be not on his knees. I, I, I get that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Alex, what say you? Uh, I think it would be quite harsh to drop Jorginho after his performance. I, he really was outstanding. Like, and I say that, and I'm as surprised as everybody else. But he was outstanding at the weekend. Um, it was, and I do think it was powered muchly by the shame of his previous performance. But he was everywhere and tireless. Um, I think it'd be quite harsh to drop mm-hmm. him. Uh, but I agree with you. I I couldn't pick a Bamiyang to play at Anfield either. It'd be like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer sold his soul for a donut. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's what it feels like. I just look at him and I just think, that's just like, I, Arsenal didn't want him when Arsenal was shit. And now he's like, is he our saviour? That's a sad, sad place to be. Yeah, it is, isn't it? All right. Okay, that's what we all think. Adam, What do you, I mean, what do you reckon on my side? What do you reckon he will pick? And, and what do you know that we don't or I don't before I pick that, if you see what I mean? Like Havertz, for example. Uh, to be honest, I imagine it will be very similar to that. Um, the wild card will be Mudrick, obviously. He hasn't played since November, but Potter said he will be involved in some capacity. I didn't think he'd play Jao Felix after one training session, and he did. So he's got form for doing something a little bit outside the box. So Also, yeah. don't underestimate the sheer desperation for players right now. <laughs> So, yeah, I imagine it would be very, to be honest, pretty much what you said, Chidge. Maybe Jorginho went for Kovacic. You put him out and, and, and Gallagher either side of him and he does, and they do the running for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying I expect it to be what you were going with. Um, and in terms of the Havertz stuff, Bayern Munich, uh, JK, it's more Bayern Munich are interested in it, maybe bringing him back to Germany in the summer, which, to be honest, I've always heard that Bayern would be interested in him. Them. They, you know, always want to have the premier German talents at their club. Havertz is still seen as that because, you know, he's only 24, 25 now, 24. So he's still very young, still got a lot of room to develop. And, and he's probably, got German selection, isn't he? He plays for Germany all the time. So, yeah. I, 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 I have concerns about letting Havertz go. I, I don't think he's been brilliant for the majority of his career at Chelsea. He's obviously had some very, very standout moments. But there is such a player there. If you can harness it and get him very much engaged, it's it's it would be disappointing to see him leave and, and then finally put it all together because there is such a technically a wonderfully technically gifted footballer there. He made a statement, didn't he, in that interview at the end of the game, which I thought was unprecedented, actually, the uh, the interview that he was saying, I'm not a striker. In the after the didn't he? He said, "I don't score goals often." It was almost as if he was saying, "Stop playing me in this position and stop asking me." No, to but score. he did say, oh, "But I'm happy to do it for the team." Yes, but at the same time, you're all, he's also saying it's not my proper position, yeah. isn't he? No, I think it, I thought it was really good. I thought it was honest. You know, no, I like I'm, I'm I not like a striker. It. Get off my back. I'm not a striker that's going to score you 25 goals. But I bloody I'll do I'll take one for the team because I'm a team player. I was I was actually JK really encouraged to see that you know. 
let's play him in the proper position then, which I think wow. we've established is number 10. Yeah, you, you nailed it the other week. I think when Aubameyang came on, he looked a lot better, didn't he, playing as... as, as oh, the... it, it, indeed. But and Felix, and Felix as well. Very well yeah. with, he played pretty well with Felix. He played Felix. very well with Felix. Felix. He played very well with him. Indeed, his game went up. But he also thought, but he's a proper player. As I said, Felix is the kind of player Chelsea used to buy and uh, every, every transfer window. Suddenly you get a player like that. And he's only 23. I didn't realise he was still so young. He seems to have been around for a long time. So I thought that was interesting. Of course, the other headline news, as we would say, what Adam might say, is the fact that we've still got 10 bloody players out. So I, I struggled to pick this 11 because there's not a lot left. As Harry Redknapp would say, we're down to the bare bones. So there you go. Anyway, who would have thought? What? 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 Okay. We, what? Yes, I'm looking at you, kid. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't know. You've given me a funny look. I'll say, say Reese and Chihuahua well, are back in training, which are was they? the other big standout news. They've, they're back in team training this week. Mm. Um, Potter did say quite uh, unequivocally, we are not going to be playing them tomorrow which is probably the sensible thing to do since they've got two weeks off after this as well to prepare for Fulham they they need to to really I mean I I I get it it's the same with all managers if you've got bloody good players you want to play on them but they've really got to nurse these two back because they keep getting injured and that's not a good sign do not rush them back by any means you know they're too they're too valuable to us to 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 treat like that but there you go i mean who would have thought uh that this would be a mid-table tussle seems to be the news agenda at the moment and you know i think it's a very valid point actually well what, well i think i had a slight moan about this on monday but you know chelsea understandably have been getting absolute dogs uh recently that oh they're terrible they're awful oh they might get relegated they're absolutely you know everybody going to town on it nobody but nobody until latterly this week mentioning the fact that Liverpool are just as shit as we've been, right? They're on the same number of bloody points. What? It's a mid-table It is, it is. But they're on the same number of points as us. They've let in more goals than us. Apparently, they've let in one more goal than they did in the entirety of last season so far. They've been shocking. They've got the same results too. Eight wins, four... Well, eight wins, four draws, six defeats. We've had eight wins, four draws and seven defeats. Nobody's talking about how shit Liverpool have been. But they were absolutely bright and white the floor with them last weekend. And as I said, you know, their midfield, I think, Adam, is 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 very culpable at the moment. Or, In fact, I think the interesting thing is there might be a parallel here, really, given what we haven't done in terms of our transfers, is that they haven't replaced, you know, Fabinho, Henderson's getting old. They've still got bloody James Milner in the squad. You know, they have not replaced that midfield and they've left it all up to Thiago Silva. They've not replaced Wijnaldum, for example, who I thought was a very big player for them. So I think that that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if this is to do with the fact that the FSG group are trying to get out and sell and therefore they're not backing Klopp like they, Klopp like they used to. And he certainly looks like he's under a bit of pressure at the moment, Adam. Yeah, I mean, there may be an element of, of the sale process or, or them trying to move the uh, the club into new hands. Um, but then they also seem to be very intent on trying to sign Jude Bellingham this summer and that's going to cost them a small fortune. So, um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Liverpool, Liverpool have done this before. They've not necessarily spent money because they've trusted their recruitment process. That recruitment process has probably changed a little bit because you've lost Michael Edwards now. You've got other key people leaving the club. So they are going through a bit of transition. Um, they've also had a lot of injuries. Um 
which actually Jürgen Klopp did highlight today in his press conference. Um, JK, you, you can watch that if you want to see a more charismatic head coach do a press conference. Um, I like him. I like him. He, he's, he's, he's proper elite, elite manager, you know. He, he just sort of said, look, we've had loads of injuries. You look at Chelsea, they've had lots of injuries. You cannot escape the fact that this impacts you. Highlighted that Arsenal haven't had too many injuries and look at how well they're doing. So, um, so yeah, I think it's probably a bit of a um, a perfect storm, some may say, for Liverpool as well. And then we're washing um, machine. <laughs> no, tumble dryer. Microwave oven. I don't so, know. Liverpool have had issues, Chelsea have had issues. It kind of, you know, it, it explains the context behind why both of them are ninth and tenth and why this is a, as you say, a mid-table Is clash. it a six-pointer, Adam? It was a six-pointer last week. I wonder if this can still be a six-pointer this week. I don't know. I mean, if they finish at this point, if they finish around this place, you know, at the end of the season, then this would have been a no-pointer, wouldn't it, really? Oh, indeed, so. indeed. Um, Alex, very patiently, you've been waiting to say something. I was just saying that if you ever want to dig into uh, the Liverpool ownership and what the, the fuck they're up to, um, I have a friend who's a massive baseball fan who will let give you chapter and verse on Dr. Creepy and everything that goes on there because it's uh, fascinating to hear how they operate and how they do things and then apply it to Liverpool. Mm, yeah, I mean... <laughs> well, I mean, also, it's 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 possibly a cautionary tale for us because it's, a, it's an American... Uh, kind of, I, I won't, you know, uh, with a history of franchising, shall we say? So there are there are, and of course they're into baseball with the old Red Sox. So there's there's potentially parallels to be made. So how long have they been there, Adam? Is it is it about ten years now? Uh, yeah, it's got to be coming up. Uh, maybe slightly longer. Um, they were there when Rogers was there. So yeah, must yeah. be about. Because it's interesting that they're trying to get out after around ten years, and I think. There are some of us, the more cynical amongst us, think that that's the lifespan of the Bowley group, that they'll want to be getting out in about 10 years' time. I think, obviously, the Chelsea sale has very much highlighted that you can sell the club now for an awful lot of money, and hence not just Liverpool, obviously Manchester United as well. Um, the owners have decided, oh, now might be the time to sell. Cash um, out. Yeah, the Chelsea, the Chelsea is very, uh, the Chelsea sale has very much put a benchmark there now for other people. Um, and, you know, once you've made your money off a club like I'm sure the Glazers have. It's a good time to sell, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, I mean, I've, I've already gone through the, I think we can get at their midfield and explain why. I mean, uh, they've got JK, Diaz, Jota, Firmino and Virgil van Dijk out at the moment. Um, so that's three of their forwards. They played Oxlade Chamberlain effectively up front as one of their front three last week. So they are struggling. And, and I mean, I, I think Virgil van Dijk's been a bit poor this season, but you'd have to say that Liverpool without Virgil van Dijk are a poorer side because on his day, he's a tremendous defender. I think they get inspired by having him in the side. He's I a leader, isn't he? It's like having not playing silver. It's like playing um, Humphreys in his place, who despite being up and coming, does not have the same status. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I you know, it's the question of whether the referee's on their side. It's a question whether they get a dubious offside. Um uh, is it Nunes is the for, forward, isn't he, who's uh, who seems to miss more than he scores, but he's he's a bundle of energy. And Salah always always um he hugs the uh the offside line brilliantly. That's one thing about Salah you have to be impressed by. He's a bit Michael of... Oliver's the referee. 
Oh, well, that makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah, not Life. Taylor for a change. Oh, yes, absolutely, because Oliver is uh, Oliver's the best ref in the in the division. He makes the odd error, but mm. he's you at least get a. Um, I, I I've always more willing to to look at his analysis because he seems to be uh, um, less less su subject to a kind of appalling ego that he, everything he does is correct. He's quite willing to go. And, look at a screen or have his uh, his linesman, his assistant referee, debate something with him, unlike other members of the refereeing fraternity who you can see don't want any suggestion that they've made an error. Um, but um, uh, some of, is Carvalho any good? I don't know whether he's playing well. He's a decent player. Diaz seems to be a decent player, but they're obviously not the same well, they, miss, they miss Mane, don't they? Very well, yeah, absolutely. That was an appalling mm. sale, ultimately. And Milner is on his last legs, but having said that, though, he always seems to score against us or do something. Well, I tell you who does. Salah does. He scored seven goals against us. I've got some, yes. I've got some great stats. Uh, Liverpool will be hoping to avoid losing their first three league matches of a new year since 1953. Uh, Liverpool have uh, lost only once at home all season. And. Uh, we're not right, looking for a win, are we? Sure well, I don't know. I don't know. So Liverpool have lost only once at home all season. So that just tells you it's going to be tough. Of this we knew anyway. They've only lost twice in their last 15 Premier League head-to-heads with Chelsea, which I'll explain more about in a minute. Um, we are on a current five-game Premier League away winless streak, our longest streak since... or Our longest since a run of seven in 2015-16 under the palpable discord of Jose Mourinho. And uh, on only three occasions in the last 17 Premier League meetings between these two has the away side suffered defeat. So that's interesting. Um, so there you go. I mean, we've got a weird history against Liverpool up there because for years and 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 years, and years, and years, and years we never won. And then Vinnie Jones scored an absolute blinder and we did in 1991, the first time in years. And then they invented the Premier League. Or sorry, they, then they invented football. And since they invented football in 1992... Uh, we've won seven, drawn eight, and lost 15. Uh, we lost an awful lot in the early 90s. You'll not be surprised to hear, but it's, it's, been, it's been mainly... I mean, we lost a couple of times in recent memory, 2-0 uh, and 5-3 under Frank, I think. Remember the 5-3, that was bonkers. But before that, it's a lot, lot of 1-1 one, one draws, a lot of draws. Uh, we won a couple of years ago, 1-0. Uh, I think it was Mount who scored, wasn't it? It was 1-1 one, one last time up there. So they've been very nip and tuck, uh, but they've not. We've not been getting batterings up there for a, a long time. I mean, four-one in well, the five-three, I suppose, wasn't away, but four-one in two thousand and twelve, which I think was just before the Champions League final. So it, we weren't that bothered. I seem to remember that match for those reasons. Uh, and as I said, we're you know we're ninth and tenth at the moment. So on that basis, people, what are you all thinking, Alex? Um. I'm thinking, please don't fuck this up, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We're so unpredictable. They're rubbish. Uh, probably a nil-nil ball draw that we all wish we hadn't got out of bed for. You going? No, I just, I, it's just no. No. no <laughs> if no, anyone no. wants my ticket, no. Jk. Um, I think we'll lose three nil. Why? Because we're shit. Yeah, but so are they. 
Yeah, I think we're shitter than that. Yeah, but your mate Nunes is questionable as well. I think that means in terms of his fitness, not nothing else. But okay, it'll be one-one then. <laughs> that makes all the difference. Oh, and Simicas, he might not play. Oh, it'll be two-one to them then. Okay, all right. You have no idea, do you? No idea. At all. Well, how can you possibly have an idea with this? You this... can't, though, can you? Yeah. How can you possibly? I mean, they are they are literally unpredictable. Did you suggest, Adam, that he might play um, Mudrick? You said he might give him a go. Who knows? Yeah. Despite not playing, he might yeah. come as a sub. I, yeah, I've been intrigued. I've been intrigued with what he does because um, he's clearly a, a, just a very, very quick player from me. Having watched him a bit on YouTube, where he just, you know, beats everybody, and, and he's apparently he's he's one of the quickest. You know, he's ten seconds in. It, it, it's it's sorry, it's it's ten hundred meters in about you know. 10.5 or something and you go wow that's pretty good isn't it so yeah there are there are great expectations but it depends on the selection to me but um you know well, there's a mistake in Koulibaly there's a mistake in Chalabar there's a mistake in uh Hall um there isn't a mistake in Silvers rarely there's the midfield give the ball away you might get give the ball away and they're very good at booting the ball down the pitch Liverpool and running after it that appears to be one of the major ways they play at the moment which is looking for space with the last man from the defender normally from a terrific pass from um, Van Dijk and it's Salah just hugs the last player and gets in and that's one of their ways of playing it always has been and they press madly I, I'm, well they're, you know, they're not I, they're not pressing as rigorously as they used to no, they're not, they're, which indeed, is one of not, their problems absolutely one of them I was about to say that you've actually read my mind and, I do that and made it useless me saying anything because that was going to be the the end of my sentence but yeah but do 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 but... i'll have to i'll have to i'll have to brush up my jk impersonation really won't i then i can speak I for you as well i don't need to be on the show in no just we'd miss your cross. dazzling wit and repartee mate as you well oh, know okay um checks in the post as always i mean it is jk's right this is i think really very unpredictable Adam, because Chelsea are very unpredictable. And he's, I think, a really pertinent point. We, we've got a lot of errors in us still. And that's, you know, he, he forgot to mention Kepper in that, who was excellent last week, but not so excellent the previous two matches. So it's a hard one to call. But uh, the one thing I would, would say, uh, just, uh, you know, which I kind of forgot to mention a minute ago, I, do you think maybe uh, the confidence that they would have got from winning last week might feed into this week? Because it's been lower than a snake's belly recently, hasn't it? Yeah, perhaps. Potter did mention um, in the press conference that there's sort of a buzz around training, not just because they won, but because players are coming back and new players are coming in and there's just a a bit more of a positive atmosphere, I would say, um, this week. So, yeah, it might make a difference. I've very much been looking at this game as a team that can't defend against a team that's not really good at attacking. Um so it should be really interesting um, and maybe not the most exciting. And yeah, I was going to say, I think it might be a 1-1 draw, um, which, you know, isn't the worst result. I mean, it'd be great if Chelsea could win. It, it would be great to win and then go into this two weeks where Potter has time to really work with the players. And it, it would very much feel like, I think anyway, it'd very much feel like the sort of second half of the season can be a lot more um, promising than the first half, which... To be fair, from what I gather, when they hired Potter, they always expected. They always expected the second half of the season to be better than the first. Good. Well, let's hope so. Uh, for the record, I'm with you, Adam. I, I think I said on TalkSport last night, I, I my my head says a turgid 1-1 draw. Uh, my heart says a 2-1 Chelsea win. 
um, but we don't have a clue really but I think that's why you all love us really or at least I hope it is what um, what you said about Potter one would hope the second half would be better than the first because the first half has been absolutely atrocious <laughs> this is uh, that was said uh, that was said to me when they hired him that they expected well, actually they actually expected the first and, and this was obviously before the injuries and everything um really impacted things but there was always an expectation that it would take some time for him to get everything in the way that he would want it so they, they say they they always expected the no, I, I, I have every that. faith in the in the uh, in the um the machine machinery of the whole thing and it all makes great sense and i'm really hoping that it happens and i'm but however i find the the possibility of it all going pear-shaped quite difficult to deal with having said that though once again i said before it that they would rectify the situation by buying players and once the injuries came back i foresee quite a an interesting end to the season i think it will be um it, uh, there'll be a much stronger side and it's the question of how well they do in the champions league whether they can get players back and if because i think if they can get past borussia with, and that all the players then come back. There's the possibility of Conte coming back, not that he may be the same player. But then you're in a position to actually challenge for the Champions League. And you know I what? did love that. Conte said that at the yeah. weekend, didn't he? At the meet up when he said, like, just watch this space. Champions League is yeah. ours. Well, you know, and we'll all be seeing. We were singing, we've got boring Graham Potter. He's got everything we need. Silver at the back. Yeah. Mudrick in attack. Chelsea's won the Champions League. Again! Wouldn't that yeah. be marvellous? Yeah, lovely. Uh, positive note to end on. Who says we're not a positive show? Plenty of people, apparently, according to Twitter last week. <laughs> to, yeah, like we give a fuck. Uh, right, okay. That is actually genuinely all we've got time for this week. It's been great fun. Is it always, always, always is with these lovely people who have been uh, the absolutely lovely Alex Churchill. Please come on our battlefield tours. Yeah, go on our battlefield tours. You really won't regret it. I promise you that. Uh, the absolutely marvellous uh, Adam Newson. You're you're obviously up in Liverpool now, Adam, and uh, you're reporting from the game tomorrow. Yeah, there's no other reason I would have come up here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the look on his face is yeah. just like I would rather be anywhere. He looks he that. looks like a hostage. I keep expecting somebody to present him <laughs> with today's newspaper and a ransom newspaper, note. Yeah. To be fair, I'm very aware that I've got a night away from being woken up at seven o'clock in the morning by a four-year-old. So, oh. you know, swings and roundabouts, really. He says, in case his partner hears this, yeah. and kills Silver <laughs> linings and all of that. Adam, as always, lovely to see you, mate. Um, really, really Thank appreciate you. you coming on. Adam, Adam, if you give me your number, I'll, I'll, the hotel's number, I'll phone you at four o'clock, at seven o'clock. I don't know, no. no, no don't JK's going to travel up there now and let a flare off outside your window going... Liverpool, Liverpool, to be a scouser or something. Rival reporters trying to psych yeah, me out. That's right, game, that's yeah. right. Now, look, mate, enjoy the match tomorrow. Uh, you're lucky to be there, you know that. Uh, you going up there tomorrow, JK? Uh, I was, but I'm now not. You was, but you're now not. I was, but I'm now not. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, you normally go away, it's uh, unusual for you. I do, I do, I, yeah. I went, yes, I do, it was just one that I felt was very difficult early start yeah it's a bastard kickoff 12 30 having to get up to liverpool nobody needs that yeah, so good luck to all of you who are going and braving it tomorrow your 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 hardy souls uh jk as always delightful to see you my old bean uh i look forward it's to seeing you fun. on monday enjoy the weekend what my rant forgive my rant no no look jk it's the first law of the chelsea fan cast thou shalt be allowed to rant whenever one wants to you 
I mean, for God's sake, I mean, this is what I mean. Finally, you know, people moaning about the show now. Were were you not listening in 2013 when every show I melted down completely about Rafa Benitez being in charge? Of course you did. I just every show I just ranted. It was I mean, I was I was unbearable. But hey, rightly so, Chidge. Many, many thousands of people agreed with you. Well, indeed, they did. But uh, people in the Amazonian rainforest. In fact, yet to be discovered, in fact. So there we go. Anyway, so there we go. We do like a rant on the show. That's what it's always been about. Uh, So well done, JK. Don't stop on my account, that's for sure. Now, we will be back on Monday for more of the same. The main Chelsea fancast show of me, JK, and Dan Silver. Dan Silver's on again. He... uh, I think he filled in, didn't he? Subbed for Marco last week, and he's back on this week. So we look forward to seeing Dan again. And, of course, we'll be looking back at the match against Liverpool. So thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Yeah. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.